Hi, I'm Jenny. I'm a mom and the founder and chief creative officer of Author Accelerator. I'm Melanie. I'm a mom and a writer, and I'm pitching my first novel. Hi, I'm Abby. I'm a mom and a writer pitching my first middle grades novel. Welcome to Mom Writes. This season is all about the ups and downs of pitching. Join us as we prepare to pitch, weather rejections, change course, and hopefully celebrate getting agented. Mom Writes, as always, is sponsored by Author Accelerator, a book coach certification company. If you're a writer and you've ever been jealous of the amazing coaching experience that Melanie and I have had over the course of the last two hundred and fifty podcast episodes, why not head over to AuthorAccelerator.com, where they'll match you with one of their certified book coaches based on your project and your goals. The matching service is free. Or if you've ever listened to one of our episodes and thought, man, Jenny's job is the dream. I want to help writers bring their books to life. Well, Author Accelerator also trains book coaches in their certification program. They have courses for coaching fiction and nonfiction and a course on the business of book coaching. You can sign up for their free all about book coaching video series at www.bookcoaches.com forward slash ABC. And now buckle up for this emotional roller coaster on season three of Mom Writes as we take on pitching. Hello, everybody. From the title of this episode, you can probably tell what we're going to talk about, and that's getting your first rejection. As I promised Jenny in a previous episode, I screen recorded opening the email and I sent it to her. Uh, She sent me back a little video, so it's all captured on the podcast, and we're going to play both of those right after the intro here. But Being writers, it's easy to take tiny pieces of information and let your brain run with them, creating quasi-elaborate stories that may or may not have a kernel of truth in them, which is exactly what I've been doing with my Boomerang email read receipt data. So today, Jenny injects a little reality into these initial rejections and reminds me of something important, which is I'm only being rejected because I'm actually in the game. So, without further ado, here's my first rejection. Okay, so, wah, wah, wah. I can tell already. Here's my email. Dear author, author, thanks so much for letting us take a look at your materials. Forgive me for responding with a form letter. Volume of submissions we receive, however, makes it impossible to correspond with everyone personally. Unfortunately, the project you described does not suit our list at this time. We wish you luck at finding an agent. Thank you for letting us consider your materials. This one is really disappointing because he opened my submission uh, on the night of the election, which I think was terrible timing to begin with, right after the polls closed at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And, um, but the thing that surprises me is over the next week, I can see from my read receipts, um, they opened it 13 times, my query. And so I thought for sure he was passing it around his office. But um, what kind of surprises me is if they did that or if they opened it 13 times, that's a lot of times to open it. No one wanted it. I would have thought they would have said something nice about it, but um. Anyway, heartbreaking, but that's the first one I've heard back from. So there we go. 
Boom. Bye. Oh man, Abby, I'm so bummed. It's so, it's so awful getting your first rejection and I feel your pain. And the thing with that letter too, is it's like a straight up form letter. So there's nothing in it that can help us figure out why, um, all of your (laughs) sleuthing with boomerang is, is super interesting. Who Who knows what that means or what that's about, but could mean what you, what you're imagining, um, that there was some consideration of it and maybe everybody's just too tired to, to say why. Um, I mean, who knows you can, you can definitely interpret rejections and you want to, you want to do that, but I would caution against too much interpretation of just one data point. If we have more data points, we can do a better job of figuring out what exactly is going on. And we'll get to that um, when we when we chat. But I just wanted to say that I'm sorry. It definitely hurts, and it definitely um, you know pokes a pin in the in the balloon of of joy that you have in sending your story out and the hope that's behind that and everything. Um, and in your case, it particularly stinks because um, you're doing it so in public and have to share it with everyone, which is makes it worse, um, for sure. But your bravery is going to help so many people who go through this. And, you know, just one thing to say, people go through this. I mean, it's hard. It's a hard process and it takes a long time. And the waiting is hard. Rejection is hard. It's probably been a long time since you've been straight up rejected for anything. You're an adult, you're an awesome, inspiring, innovative, fun adult. And, you know, we don't, live in rejection that much anymore um when we get to that place in life and i think that's part part of why it hurts so i would say um let yourself feel sad um and deflated and mad at the guy and all the things you feel because obviously we have to feel what we feel and um we will we will have a new strategy which i think is going to involve sending out a bigger chunk Um, I, I don't think the one at a time thing is a great plan for you for this time. Um, I mean, we do have to contemplate that we're here before Thanksgiving. Um, but you know, people are reading things, they're reviewing things, they're looking at things. So it's, it's not a terrible time to proceed. So I'm thinking, you know, we're going to look at a chunk of like eight or 10 to send out in the next batch. And you know, you'll probably get more rejections. The more you send out, the more rejections. But remember, we're looking for one agent who's going to love what you wrote and love the career you have planned out and love all the things. And that person is out there. I have no, no doubt about it. So, um, I'm sorry. And, um, thank you for sharing it and we will, um, chat soon. So we are, we are chatting after your listeners have heard heard what happened so that was a couple days ago yeah and how are you feeling now I took the girls for Dairy Queen and then I felt better uh for sure <laughs> I you have the chocolate dip no we had I don't know if this is a mom win or a mom fail but my children didn't know what a blizzard was 
Oh. And so I was like, let's go have a blizzard from Dairy Queen. And the girls were like, why do they hand it to you upside down, mom? And I'm like, because that's the thing. It's thick. It's not going to fall out. I was like, it's awesome. So we sat in the car. We ate our blizzards. It was kind of nice. But um, Did they like them? They did. I think there's there's going to be a request to go back for more. So. <laughs> <laughs> I might have started something. But, so, um, so did it make you feel better because like you just, you have your life, you have your family, like life goes on, right? Yeah. You know, when I first opened it, uh, I, I have to say that the expectation I had set for myself, because to sort of lay this out a little bit more for the listeners, I put boomerang on my email, like Jenny suggested. So I was able to see that this email had been opened. Um, the agency has a policy where you're only allowed to pitch one agent at the agency and they all talk to each other. So if, if the person you pitch, it isn't for him or her, they pass it around. And so I had seen it get opened. It was actually opened right after the nine o'clock polls closed on election night. So uh, <laughs> when I saw it had been opened, I was like, no, no, you aren't supposed to be opening your email right now. You're supposed to be watching television. And so <laughs> I was a little disappointed that it was opened on election night, but over the course of the next two weeks, it was opened again and again and again and again. And I saw that number climb up till till 17. So it was had been read 17 times by the time I got the rejection. So I think the story I told myself was it was being passed around the agency. And if it got rejected, that it would be a personalized rejection and that there might be something nice in it, or at least a clue as to why, you know, it wasn't picked up. And so and to can get you the remind me, was the was there, were there pages attached? I can't remember. There were, there were okay. 10 or 15 pages attached. And okay. so, um, as a matter of fact, I don't think I've sent one yet that didn't ask for any number of pages. Right. Um, right. Um, so, and you then know, the rejection was, was form. Yeah. It didn't even have my name in it. I think that's the part that hurt the worst was it said, dear author. Yeah. And so it kind of gutted me. So I did, I sat, I cried, which as anyone who has listened to mom writes for any amount of time knows, it doesn't take much to make me cry. <laughs> but I, I cried for a few minutes. My husband hugged me. The girls and I went and had ice cream. And to be honest with you, by the time the dinner rolled around, I was kind of over it. Yeah. Um, which was good because here's the piece you don't know. I got a section second rejection yesterday. So okay. <laughs> it was from Nancy Galt. So the first person that we queried, the one yeah. who we gave the two-week exclusive to who said after four weeks, you could either nudge or query another agent. Um, so I, I hadn't expected to hear back. I thought that was a black hole rejection. And again, it was a very short I think form rejection. Again, it didn't even have my name in it. I think like, is that a clue if it doesn't even have your name in it? No, because I mean, uh, unfortunately it's, it's like, 
Okay, so so there are um, levels of form of form letters, and it depends on the technology that the agency uses. You know, it's pretty easy to have technology that replies and sticks somebody's name in it without mm-hmm. them doing anything, right? So, yeah. In my mind, anything that falls in the bucket of a form letter rejection is just a straight up form letter rejection. And you can't read the tea leaves in it, right? And you don't know, you don't really know what it means. You don't really know what it means. It just, it means, you know, one of a gazillion things. They have another writer doing work like it. They can't, don't think they can sell books with, uh, animal character, like who knows, like whatever thing, um, whatever this, thing. this one was three sentences. Should I read it to you so we can see yeah, if it. you think it's form or not? So it just says, thank you for this opportunity as a small agency. We must be very selective. And I'm afraid this material isn't quite right for me. I wish you luck in finding another agent. Nancy. Yeah, that's just a form letter. It's just a form letter. Yeah. And you know, um, the type of letter you were hoping for, the type of rejection you were hoping for was, oh, we really wanted to, you know, whatever. But but you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that at this stage. And the reason for that is you're going to get that when they've got the whole manuscript. So you're not even getting people requesting the whole manuscript in these two rejections. So they're, they're evaluating idea and and these opening pages but so they're not going to give a detailed rejection uh so a bit of wisdom that helps i think is the no's usually come pretty fast um you know in the nancy galt case she's got that four-week window and and we're a little bit past that but she probably does her queries once a month and just sits down it's just like nope 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 you know what have you the, the yeses tend to take longer. So that's going to mean somebody requests the pages and they sit with the pages and they pass those pages around, you know, that sort of thing. So I think at this stage where you're sending just the query and the opening pages, it's it's either going to be send us more or a form. Or a form. So mm-hmm. that's why you can't really, there's not really levels of knowing at this, at this stage. They're not mm-hmm. going to, they're not going to have enough to get to say anything right until mm-hmm. they have the whole thing. So it's kind of binary at this point. It's either going to be send more pages or no. Um, okay. So let's just talk about the fact, like, um, and I said this in my, in my video to you, um, like it just stings. It just stings. There's no way around it. And I think that that pain that somebody's going to not love the thing you made that you love, is why people are afraid to pitch or don't hold back or don't finish or don't whatever. So, you know, the pain, I think, is just a reminder that what's that, um, that quote Brene Brown loves from Theodore Roosevelt about the man in the arena. I mean, it's a, do you know that one? It's I don't like, know that one. Oh, I got to find it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Go to Google. <laughs> um, Brene talks about this all okay it's so good um talks about this all the time um so in in 1910 theodore roosevelt gave this speech um the the man in the arena 
It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming but who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotion, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither knew victory nor defeat. So the idea that you have to be in the arena to even feel the pain you're feeling. And so being in the arena is a great place to be. And you can hear that Darren Greatly is the title of that Brene Brown book. Um, and she has, she famously talks about, you know, she gave her one of the most popular TED Talks of all time about vulnerability. And um, people criticized what she wore. Like this TED Talk has been viewed <laughs> something like 10 million times, you know? And People apparently right after it happened, there was this huge criticism for what she was wearing. And so she referenced that quote and was like, you don't have a right to talk to me about what I'm wearing. You know, if you're not out here, like, I don't even want to engage with you if you're not out here doing the thing. So, this makes me now want to Google what she was wearing during the TED Talk. I, I know, I know. Um but the, you know, the point is like that the sting of rejection is because you're doing the thing, you're doing the thing. So, you know. Well, I have to say that by the time I got Nancy Galtz, so, and I don't know, maybe this is just me and this is just me being weird. The first one hurt, like it really hurt, like it hurt like a pinch in my heart. Yeah. But in true Abby fashion, I let myself be hurt for like all of 10 minutes. And then I told myself to put my big girl panties on it and just get over it. Right. Um, and when I read Nancy's rejection <laughs> sentence, I just went, whatever. And then I just moved on. <laughs> right. And you don't get me, right? You don't get me. No, Please, I you can't even type my name in the email, so I'm not even going to let this hurt my feelings. <laughs> well, I mean, totally. It's so impersonal. It's not about you, really, at that point. You know, it's just, um, you know, these agents have a lot of queries to process, and they're moving through them fast and, and whatever. You've, you've got a, a long, a long way to go. And, mm -hmm. you know, you have a lot of runway or opportunity or whatever, whatever we want to call it still. But I want to just... Um, I want to just, I'm checking my, my email to see if there's an update because I wanted to tell you um, a story, which I think puts this in context. And I just want to make sure I have the most up-to-date information. Okay. So I was emailing with an, a client um, this morning whose book is out on submission. So that means her, she has an agent and um, they've, they've cleaned up. This is a nonfiction book. So they've cleaned it up and it's now out on submission to publishers. And it's the exact same stinking process. Like what, so what I'm trying to, to say is this is the process, like, yeah. you know, from here on in with your book, there's, there's getting an agent and being accepted or rejection, rejected. There's getting a publisher and being accepted or rejected. There's getting reviews and being accepted or rejected. There's, you know, they're going to submit you to 
the Scholastic Book Fair or Target or, you know, whatever, Barnes and Noble's front table, and they're, you're getting accepted or rejected. Then there's readers getting, you know, like it's a constant process of, of that from here on out. And that's why, you know, it's such a line in the sand when you start to, to pitch because it becomes a different thing. Like it becomes your your creation becomes a thing of the world and the world's going to do stuff with it. And it, um, so it, you know, you got to kind of just build that muscle up. So you're already doing that. The second rejection, not so bad, you know? So now we have to figure out, okay, what, what's the strategy? I don't think we have enough data to make any decisions based on data. So you've got a few more out in the world, right? Yeah, so I have, um, all right, so I had a total of six and two got rejected, but I can see from my read receipts that the other four have never even been opened. Now um, I feel really badly that I told you to get food, right? <laughs> No, I have to say that the Nancy Galt one that did not have Boomerang attached was like um, this mystery that I felt like was never going to be solved unless she wrote me. Yeah, like, I would never know if it even got opened or not opened. And so I feel like if it never gets opened, that's one piece of data. If it gets right. opened and you never hear back, that's another piece of data. If it gets opened right. and you get a form letter, that's another piece. Like, I feel like they're all different pieces that you do something different with. And so yeah. not knowing what happened with the Nancy Galt one was, was going to drive me nuts to be honest. <laughs> so I like, I like having that boomerang on there because here's the other funny thing. So they can, they can click a link that says they don't want to show a read receipt. Yeah. But then on my end, it shows that they've unclicked it. So, you know, they've opened it and gotten to the end <laughs> So like, you still know, you're just not going to know how many times it got opened or, you know, when the last time it was opened or any of that information. Right. But, um, you know, it's so right now I can just see that nothing is getting opened or at least the majority are not getting opened. And so that I've been breaking down the data, the <laughs> data that I do have, because it's almost like a game at yeah. this point. You know, yeah. uh, like if they're not even opening my email, I'm like, okay, one, how do you get them to open an email? And there's probably no way to do it because you can't have a snazzy subject. You can't have like, you got to follow the rules. Right. So there's that. So, so since I couldn't use that as a piece to play this game, I thought, okay, well, let me look at who am I querying? So I'm querying really well-known agents who have really big clients at really popular but small agencies. So I'm thinking I might need to shift who I query. Do I need to query some bigger agencies that have more agents? Do I need to query smaller, more boutique agencies that maybe don't have as big a client load? Like, no, is, so I think you're, you're overthinking this. There's only two reasons why an email to a, an agent is not going to be open. Okay. Um, that's it. Two reasons. Reason one is they just haven't done their queries yet. Mm -hmm. That's that's it. So when I say you're overthinking it, 
what you're doing is, is your, um, your, um, you're, you're personalizing it in a way that it shouldn't be personalized, right? Mm -hmm. They have processes for how they do their queries. And we talked before about, it's not their job actually to do queries and people forget that. It's not their job. Their job is to serve the writers that they are representing. And there's a lot of work around that. So mm -hmm. that's their, their job. And they have to keep writers in their pipeline, obviously, but there's a million ways that, that books come to them. Books come to them from their existing writers, Book come, books come to them, you know, referred by colleagues, you know, they go to conferences, like all the things. And, and so the, the job of their job uh, or their task of going through the queries is just one of a gazillion things they do. And it's not the most important thing they do. So mm -hmm. They might, and we, I think we saw that with the Nancy Galt situation. She says it's going to take four weeks. She obviously has some process by which she looks at these, you know, periodically on a four week process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the, the other agents are also going to have their process and that might be similar. It might be every two weeks I, I open my file and I do 30. Every two weeks I open it and I do everything that's there and I clear it. It might be, I have an assistant who does it for me and I ask her to do that um, the third Friday of the month. Like, we don't know. Like there, mm -hmm. there's, you know, so many different processes, but if they have not opened an email, odds are super excellent. It has absolutely nothing to do with you or your story. It just is about their process. Mm -hmm. And so just knowing that I think is helpful and, and it's, you know, you're, you're like, I made this thing. It's my baby and I love it. Like open it. What's the matter with you? Why aren't you doing this? And, and it's, it's, I'm trying to think of what it would be like, um, of what it would be like in your own life. Like that thing that you want to do, but it just drags out and you never sit down and actually do it. It's, you know, it, it could be like that for them. And they, you know, if you talk to any agents for any period of time, they, they live to find an amazing story in their inbox. Like they love that. That's, that's everything. They, they need that. They want that. It's their lifeblood. So they're going to approach it with some excitement and energy and interest and everything, but, but not every day, not every week. You know what I mean? So there's, that's, that's, I said, there was one, two reasons. That was one reason is they just simply haven't done it yet. The other reason, the only other reason they might not open an email is that they have some process by which they judge titles, by which they whip through their, their inbox and judge titles and be like, yeah, it's not, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> you know? So when I was a, um, Pitch Wars mentor in 2016. Um, I did it for, for one year and the people, you know, select the mentors to pitch to. I think they can select, I don't know what it is, three or four at the time. And um, so like as the mentor, I had 120 pitches, which were basically like a query letter and three sample chapters. And maybe there was a little synopsis. So not dissimilar from what the agents are doing. And, and I think we had, if I recall correctly, um, I think it was maybe five days. I feel like it was three to five days to determine 
which ones we wanted to sort of fight for. And so imagine what you're going to do in that, in that process, you're going to spend so little time whipping through them. And if there's like some weird thing, you're just gonna be like, nope, 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 nope. That's the only other possible thing that it could be. So the data point that I would pay attention to for you, I think your title, your title is clever. Like it has a little clever spin to it and Mm -hmm. it, and it, the more you know about it, the better a title it is, right? It's one of those titles that deepens and grows and has real resonance to the story. But straight off the bat, just that word, it's kind of a, a funny word. Like it, do you know what I mean? Like it- um, I don't even know that it's a real word so much. Well, but you have to, you have to kind of look at it twice. Mm-hmm. You know, is it, is it misspelled? Is it miss, misshelved? Is it miss? And you know, you don't get the fact that it's M I S shelved. It's not two words, right? Yeah. It's, it's the verb. Is that a verb? Mis- misshelved. It was misshelved. I think, yeah, I think it's a verb. The past tense of a verb. So it's like a tiny little funny thing. So the metric that I would pay attention to is if you send out, let's just pick a random number, six queries. and the majority of them are never opened, like never meaning. I mean, I think four weeks, five weeks is a reasonable, uh, whatever they say on their website, you know, most yeah. of them say, then I think that's a data point that you could, you could probably point to about your title only. Okay. So if, if literally it's not being open, but I don't think you're there yet. I don't okay. think, I don't think you're there yet. And I don't think that that happens very often. My sense that doesn't happen very often, but so I have one story yeah. and two listener questions for you Ooh, before right. we wrap up. Okay. Okay. Are you Go. ready? Yeah. I'm okay. Ready. So hopefully Lori Richmond doesn't listen and call Uh-oh. me out on this because Uh-oh. I had a little panic. So I did send a whole bunch of queries out on election day, which I thought is either a super stupid time to send it out or a totally brilliant time because I was personally trying to distract myself from the whole world that I couldn't control. But the one thing I could control was like, I'm gonna do something good for myself to move my career forward. I'm gonna sit and I'm gonna send a bunch of queries. And I actually asked a couple of friends ahead of time, like, I don't know, do you think it's a stupid time to send it? And they all, all my writer friends said the same thing, which is, it's probably just going to sit in their inbox anyway. What does it matter what day you send it out on, right? Right. So I was like, great. So I sent a bunch of queries. The day after election day, I believe it was, Lori Richmond and Agent Lori, Lori's agent. Lori's agent, Lori, yeah. We're going back and forth on Twitter like, come on, people, quit sending me queries. Don't you know there's an election going on? And I was like, what? And so I immediately texted Lori Richmond. I was like, Lori, I was studying queries all day yesterday. And what did she say? And she goes, don't pay any attention to that. It's so, you know, no big deal. Like she, she kind of blew it off, even though she was playing into it on Twitter. But I was like, maybe I was making some sort of weird faux pas, but I think I was more spot on. No, I mean, I think I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be criticizing you, but I, I, 
I do think you're overthinking all the things because- Well, what else do I have to do? My kid, Suki's not taking up as much time as I thought it was going to take up, Jenny, so. (laughs) You go back to the work. You go back to your new book. You you go back and you keep writing because you'll you'll drive yourself insane. If you try to figure out, slice and dice every little thing and- you know, should I send it at three o'clock or four o'clock? Well, maybe if I send it at five o'clock, they're going to open their email. And, and the people that told you whatever they told you about the inbox is right. They go into a bucket. Like, I don't know how you have your email list set up, but you know, um, the reason there's rules for the subject line, most agents have a specific email for queries. It's not their regular email. It's going Mm -hmm. into a bucket or it's, being shuttled off into a folder that they're just not even paying attention to. It's not their work. They've got, they've got contract crises and publishers who aren't paying and writers who are going on the today show out of the blue tomorrow. And, um, KJ, I'm very mad at KJ today because, um, (laughs) KJ Joe Antonio, and I hope she's listening, listening because, um, she has, she's sitting on some big piece of news and she won't tell me. And, and it's, it's like a big piece of news about her book and she won't tell me. And so I'm at her and, um, and I told her I couldn't, I couldn't well, be her friend anymore. Now so, I'm mad at her too. So. I, I was, I was yelling at her in all caps and in text. <laughs> you have to tell me that's not fair. But, um, so like, just, we don't know what it is, but it's something. And, her agent is probably in the middle of that something and Mm -hmm. it's some big something. And there's probably things that have to be done around it. And you know, the whole thing, like that's what they're doing and that's what you want them to be doing when it's your job. So like you're, you're putting, you're putting too much an analysis into it. Like we need to get really 10, 12, 15 data points, actual data points, not open email data points, but listen, this is fun. This is totally fun. And I'm just working with what I've got. And so (laughs) I know, I mean, it's, it's horrible. And the reason I brought up the other thing about my client getting rejected this morning from publishers is because, um, and why I said, this is the process now, like, this is the process now, this, this, your book is in the world being judged. And, and, you know, you, you'll make yourself insane. If you, you, you can't be the kind of person, I mean, you could be, maybe you will be, who looks at every single review and is like, oh, they hate me. They love me. They hate me. They love me. They love me. I've already got a process for that. I've already made arrangements. My, my, my next door neighbor slash BFF Monica, you know, she's the, the neuroscience professor at the university. So she has yeah. no skin in the kid lit game. Yeah. So she said, she's going to read all my reviews and just send me the good ones that I need to read. I love I was that. Like, I think it's perfect. Maybe I should just put her on sending my queries out too. And she can just, she can just wow. tell me when something good happens. <laughs> Um, Maya Angelou has this amazing quote um, that I always botch, but the spirit of it is, she says something like, you can't pick it up and you can't put it down. And what she's talking about is praise or rejection. So she's saying, you can't believe when people say you're the greatest living writer that ever da, 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 da. And you can't believe when they, you know, say whatever nasty rotten thing, like you can neither, you can't believe either one of those extremes you know, because you just got to do the work. 
that's what their her quote is about, right? Well, there is something exciting and real about pitching your book, though. It yeah. does make you feel like I don't want to say you've made it, but it but it's like it feels good because you have you something. have a thing you to have put. something to show for it that I have not been able to put in, you know that oh. form. And so like, to me, I don't know. I've been having a good time checking my email. You get to I making myself not. <laughs> um, so plan, we have to come up with a plan. So you said you okay. have four outstanding. Yeah, there's four. And I mean, I have a whole list of people that I'm ready to do. All I have to do is tweak, you know, the little bit of personalization. I think where the personalization is getting slightly tougher is, um, you know, the ones that I had that sort of immediate draw Mm. to on the list are the ones that I pitched first. And there are still plenty of people on my list. (laughs) The what now? The stunt man. The stunt man. Yeah. He hasn't opened it either. So, (laughs) but, um, here's, here's the thing about that, about, um, personalizations if you don't have something actual real and authentic to say it's better to say nothing okay because because you're just saying something lame that anybody could say like what's the point of that like if you have some real connection or some real thing that catches your eye or some real reason why beyond the obvious you know Mm -hmm. you want to pick people who represent what you write if you if you if they don't you don't even want to be pitching them so Mm -hmm. the um don't, if you don't have anything specific to say, just leave that part out. Okay. Okay. That actually makes it easier because I was spending an inordinate amount of time trying to come up with something clever and fun to say when really I, I, they're on my list because they say they're looking for the thing that is that I'm writing. And so, um, I did have to say along the lines of the stunt man one, um, that I did pitch an agent named Abigail Frank and I pitched her and I put this in the pitch and I don't know, maybe it'll make her laugh and maybe it won't. I don't know the kind of person that she is, but you know, agent Lori and writer Lori. I also have a friend, Molly, whose agent's name is Molly. And so I was like, you know what? I want to be part of that club. Yeah. <laughs> so that's hilarious. And she's um, actually looking for for what I write. And so I thought, there we go, Kismet. There you go. So I, I, I do if you could send out 10 more, 10 more queries because that would okay. be 15 total with the one to Nancy and the four that are out. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice number. So I think you could send out another chunk. And, and then, so we're, ta- we're talking now, um, trying to think of the date. So we'll, we'll have a good chunk of data. Um, By new year. Yeah. To yeah. really think, think through, okay, now, now what, now what, um, if none of that, if none of that bears fruit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I have two questions. Oh yeah. Uh, listener questions. Listener questions. So the first one is pretty easy. And Camille wrote me this morning and said that we had promised some pitching materials early on in the season, which I have a vague recollection of. I think the, um, the, the spreadsheet. 
Um, so I want it on air saying that I'm asking you for the spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> the spreadsheet meaning just the template for keeping track of your your agent. Uh, I think research? so. Yeah. And what else? What else would we have promised? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm writing this down. Um, I mean, I think I have a thing on how to write a query letter. I think I have a PDF on that. So I could give that. Um, and and the spreadsheet, I mean, the spreadsheet is, yeah, I mean, I don't see why we couldn't give the spreadsheet. Although I'm thinking what spreadsheet. But I mean, I have a standard one that I that I use with my clients. So I could certainly do that. But you have one that you use. I mean, everybody kind of adapts. Their yeah, system. I took the one that you gave me and I did adapt it somehow. And I don't remember how I changed it. Yeah, everybody and adapts so, it. Yeah. So it's just a template, but I could certainly pull that up and share it. And then, I got it. Um, so the second listener question was Mindy. And you probably remember Mindy from Maine. Oh, She's sorry, one of the writers who came to Maine. She said she wanted me to ask you, what is the etiquette behind the nudge? And I had asked you the same question before I heard back from Nancy Galt because it had said very specifically on her website, you don't hear back from me in four weeks, feel free to resubmit. So I'm assuming that's considered the nudge. So what's the etiquette behind that? Um, well, there's different there's different versions of the of the nudge and I I sort of feel like we should maybe save that for another session which okay so Mindy look forward to that on the next episode where Jenny's going to talk about the nudge so see you guys soon okay bye bye